0: It's a little different being in the same room, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, I guess so. Even though we're usually five feet apart with uh, the door closed between us. It does feet? feel like, uh, it's 15. Um, <laughs> it does feel like miles. So this this will be different. And I think this will be good.
1: I yeah. think so too. We want to welcome you to another installment of Disciple Life, the Bible and Everyday Life. And I am your host, Carlos Garduño. Again, this is... Number one, or technically number two, Under Shepherd, Dan Newberg, the pastor, the senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Divine. Uh, Brother Dan, yesterday, and I can actually say that because we are doing this on Monday. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Yesterday, you brought us a message titled Victory Promised, and you actually guided the audience and you guided us here at the sanctuary into Mark chapter 16. So today we're going to do this more more of a casual conversation, and we'll address some questions. Okay. So tell us about, um,
0: out of the readings for the entire week, why Mark 16? Why Mark 16? Um, why? Well, I felt God leading me there. Um, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but why Mark 16? Uh, I, I do not think, in my uh, limited church experience, I'm, I'm only 18 or 19 years a Christian. Um, I think we tend to hear teachings um post resurrection that are more Matthew or John influenced. Um and so uh, I felt the the leading to go uh into a text that maybe is less um less occurring for us, uh at least in, in my walk, um compared to the other resurrection uh, materials that we have in in the New Testament. Right. So intentionally offering something that we have less experience with, because when we're, when we, when we come into something that we are less familiar with, we tend to be more open instead of being on familiar ground.
1: I I think you're very much right. Um, I do appreciate one of the quotes uh, from your text, not the text, but the sermon, I should say, you said something to the effect of Mark is almost like the marble movie
0: producer oh yeah um, yeah I've, I've said that before if if you read the uh, the gospel according to Mark Mark is um, moving very quickly through 16 chapters of presenting the life and ministry of uh, and the incarnation of Jesus Christ and so um, his transitions uh, are are very very quick moving where Matthew and Luke are building and narrating, um, filling in much more detail in the in-between of the dominant scenes that uh, that each uh, evangelist is given a letter of the Spirit to, to give to us in writing. Mark is moving, and then, and then, and then, and then, very quickly. So he, he has a Um, As I kind of joke, a a Hollywood producer sort of um, outlook that it's just... Cut scene, go. go. Um, (laughs) And if he could, he'd probably build in some some car chases and some explosions too. (laughs) I have a feeling
1: that he does, especially when dealing with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Um, So I do want to, I I want to say, I appreciate the fact that we go to a text that ends with... It's not... Let's not say that. It ends with a very compelling ending. Uh, and so if, whether you go by the Masoretic text, which is the uh, full ending, as you would have in the King James Bible, or you go with the ending that now scholars believe to be the actual ending without the additions from right. latter manuscripts, um, where it says, and they were afraid. Yeah. And so why don't you walk us through how is it compelling and perhaps slightly different um to read in mark 16 compared to reading in luke or matthew regarding what the lord is calling
0: the church to do if you leave it right at, at verse 8 um you you read that in a in a manner that i would argue is in the same way um Luke leaves us an axe. Um, the, the, the torch has been passed. Um, and lead of the spirit, we're still left to figure this out, so to say. Right. Um, and it's still incumbent for humanity who have been given now, the, the entirety of humanity, the vocation, the job given um, from God to carry out this mission. Uh, a mission that was originally given to Israel that now has been extended to the church, which the doors of the church are more broadly open than Israel. uh, Ethnic Israel was in the old Testament. Um, The the call is to to enter into and fulfill the mission as a matter of faith. And so um, where Mark uh, might end at at verse eight, we We find ourselves in astonishment and fear and trembling. And our Lord just told us, or our Lord is resurrected. And he's been telling us that he's going to leave us and that we're supposed to tell everybody about him. Right. But they just crucified him for his own account of who he is as the son of God and Lord of all. And we're supposed to follow that. Right. Um in the same way, when I make that parallel to, to Acts, I think that God leads Luke uh to conclude Acts in that way, sort of abruptly, where the scene closes with this idea of Paul preaching and it's you and I who are now carrying that on. It's like if um if there were an Acts chapter twenty nine, chapter twenty nine would be us, right? And us right. Uh, us being humanity through the ages. Carrying this vocation, this job of proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, um, taking it to the, 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 those in positions and power of authority as the Lord promised he would do Paul, that he'd give him the words. Right. Um, and so you, you kind of, I, I, I balance uh, <clears throat> how Mark ends with how Acts ends because it's the next step, but they both conclude in a similar way. Right, um, we are to be about our master's business as a function of our faith, right, um the same matter of faith that the Lord invited Peter to take a step out of the boat with
1: right and and I agree with everything you're saying, one of the things that you mentioned is how everyone is called to do this thing called proclaim the gospel, proclaim the good news. And something that I think our audience would appreciate is just going back to scripture and looking at how the the first proclaimers of the resurrection are not the people you expect. Sure. So if I may, let me just read the, the first verse of chapter 16. It says here, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome or Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him, meaning Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So we already have the first setting of this proclamation. And it's not Peter. It's not Andrew. It's not James. It's not any of the apostles. But we see the presence of people that in first century Judaism would not even have a voice in a legal court of law. What's the significance of having two women present
0: to go and and tell what they are about to see here? The significance is what you've alluded to. Um, It's there, everyone, irrespective of what, the world in our time might tell us disqualifies us from being about the master's business. Those things have been eradicated by the cross. Um, so, where a woman or women would not have had voices in a court of law um, in their even the, even their defense of themselves in, in a matter um, here. They are the first proclaimers of the essence of the gospel message. He's risen. Um, so the significance is there's actually nothing that would disqualify any one of us from sharing this good news. Right. Um, we, we can't be, we can't, uh, we cannot say, because of my race or because of my economic standing or because of my gender um, or whatever else throughout time uh, we might culturally apply. Um, We cannot legitimately point to any of those things and say, I can't share this good news because of. And that's where I think I was getting into um, what, what actually constrains us is our sense of fear right? Um, because I think we impose upon ourselves some sense of understanding that we're going to fail. And we, we, we suppose that in sharing faith that it's upon us to make sure that the person who we're communicating with comes to faith. Right. Um, And the, the thing I want to, to drive home is this, Faith is a work of the Spirit in bringing about a sense of conviction of our sin and an awareness that we need a Savior. That is a work of the Spirit of God. Um, we, God has entrusted to us the responsibility to share the gospel, to, to share the word of God. God does the rest, and we cannot fail if we're faithful to what he has specifically asked us to do right it's to share the word to share the gospel he brings the multiply he's the one that brings the growth he's the one that that makes the seeds sprout in the soil whatever other illustration you want to use to to, to make this point to, to faith and connecting in that way that's God's job if I can say it that way our job is to just proclaim it now. Well, the other thing that i I want to bring balance to is yes these these ladies in scripture, who are coming from the most insignificant place in their society are are communicating this um, We communicate our faith verbally, yes, we must be ready to open our mouths and to speak about the person in whom we have faith, and whom we've trusted our lives to, um, when the opportunity arises. And we also communicate our faith through our actions, right? Um, in other words, it, it may not be effective for everyone to stand on a street corner and say, Jesus is Lord. There can be a calling for someone to do um, street evangelism, but it's not for everyone that may, that may not be for everyone. Right. But the manner in which you conduct yourself, the manner in which you live your life, as you live your Christian life before others, not in isolation, but before others, that opens a door. So what do I mean by that? Um, when we are a people who hold to, um, what we would refer to as spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. um. Reading scripture daily, um, prayer, prayer daily, meditation, fasting, yeah, um, honoring a Sabbath. Um, when when you begin to frame things, because this is how I'm thinking about it, it's not exclusive to this, but you know, we get invitations to do lots of things, right? Right. Um, and at times we have to say, "I cannot be present because." I'm keeping a Sabbath or I'm um, I can't be there at 10 o'clock because that's my prayer time. Um, might we meet at 11 or something like that? Or just thinking about what's occurring tomorrow um, in this nation. It's a, it's a midterm election day. Right. In um, acknowledging, in you know, in an awareness that God is sovereign, that he is Lord, that he is ruler over all, that Jesus has Uh, By things, everything has been made by him, through him and for him. And he upholds and keeps everything together in the world. That's right. Um, Curiosity may be struck in others when we're not uh, a boat that's rocking on a stormy sea, worried about the outcomes about tomorrow, uh, because we know. Who ultimately reigns. Who ultimately reigns, who right. is, as we sing, the ancient of days. That's right. Um, and so it may not be that my particular um, political persuasion is the victor tomorrow, although I, I deeply hope that. Right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, the The reality is that God is working to fulfill his purposes within creation and within time. Um, it may not be according to, uh, to my plans and my own will, um, but in trusting that He is sovereign, that He is Lord, um, I'm not concerned about tomorrow and the outcome therein. And, the, the, and what I'm again getting us back to is when we live our lives with this understanding, um, evangelistically, and, or in other words, in sharing our faith the questions will come. Dan, why are you not worried about who, you know, and you fill in the blank, this party, this person getting into power tomorrow? Because ultimately I know who's, who is the Holy of Holies. Right. I know who reigns. Right. Um, and, and he ordains governments.
1: Yes. Now I'm just speaking about tomorrow, but he also ordains thing, what whatsoever shall come to pass. Right. And the Bible uh, we read before turning into the New Testament about, two three weeks ago, actually more like four now, um, that he knows the end from the beginning. Right. And so knowing that we serve a God that's immutable, meaning he does not change, a God who's all-knowing, also called us omniscient, and a God who's so powerful, uh, omnipotent, it, it, it tells us that we can have comfort regardless what comes our way, which that's is right. exactly what you're speaking to. Right. Um, I actually saw that very well reflected in the message. When you told us that there are two things that come out of the proclamation of the gospel. Number one, see that the tomb is empty. Right. So we we go and see where we know where Buddha is buried or where we can estimate his burial place, where we know where Muhammad is buried and where we can actually go and do people go and do pilgrimage there. Or where we know where many other people who have come to say that they have some divine divine truth. Are actually buried you constantly bring us back to this challenge of we have to grapple with the empty tomb the empty tomb because we can go to Jerusalem as a matter of fact there is two proposed sites each one of those empty there's no body no bones no sarcophagus it's just a cave both of them and so we need to see the empty tomb which is what these women actually are proclaiming after they encounter this messenger that tells them he's not here um, we also see another question that you told us is first come and see the empty tomb, but then there's the go and tell. Right, And you gather this out of scripture, which says, do not be alarmed. Uh, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where you they laid him. Verse seven then goes, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Um, and by the way, he did not stop at Galilee right he he ascended into heaven and so 40 days later if i remember correctly right. so that is the hope that we have and so i i think it's beautifully portrayed in your sermon and in scripture that we can have a certainty of hope for eternity to come right and eternity past as well so with that being said i wonder then um What would be some words of encouragement to our audience and to, even as we offer them to our church members here at First Baptist, how can we encourage them to live as an evangelist and a missionary in light of Mark chapter 16? And, and by the way, we are not saying that you can handle snakes. Don't do that. Use common sense.
0: Yeah. Um, how can we live in light of what Mark gives to us in chapter 16? Yes. I mean, practically speaking, it, if you have met Jesus, you you have been changed um, fundamentally. If you have met him. You have been transformed from death to life. And so that has begun a process of transformation for you. Um, the things I would ask you at the outset, if particularly if you're new in the faith, is to not use language or to subscribe to the thought that you're making room for God um, in your life. He's Lord. He's God. Um he owns you in in the most loving way. Please don't hear that in a in a negative way. Um, but he he has he has taken you from your former owner. Um, and you should praise him for that. And he has saved you for his purposes. And so um, living in light of this means. It, your your life has been saved, you have been redeemed, and you are being made more like Jesus with each day that passes for his purposes and to, to commit your life to him for the remainder of your days. So this isn't a matter of squeezing Jesus into your schedule, um, but reorienting your understanding of your life in light of what God has done. Uh, so as to say that you you view yourself as a Christian who is on mission um, every day of the week, and that would be true whether you were um, I, I'm thinking of a sister right now who's soon to start a, a job as an Amazon truck driver, okay. um, who I mean I'm she if if was hearing me right now. Um, would be understanding that she's a Christian on mission who happens to be serving on the mission field known as Amazon Deliveries. Um, and be it through her friendly um, in, in interactions with those whom she's delivering to or just a, a wave at a, at a ring doorbell camera um, that marks her as distinct from the rest of the, the Amazon drivers right. uh, and delivery folks that that would be a a missional outlook because it's not that you need to be someone who's employed by a church like you and I, uh, that to make us live in light of this, but it it is to flip this switch much like our lives have been flipped from death to life, that everything we do is in support of him. Our lives are for him. Um, so this is true for the Amazon delivery uh, folks. this is true for the teachers in the in the in the private or public uh, sphere this right. is true for those who are employed at Walmart um, for doctors for dentists for any profession it's how you conduct yourself um, you're you're bearing witness to what Christ has done in your life and is doing in your life and will do in your life. Um, all with the, the prayerful outlook that a door will be opened for you to walk through that then lets you open your mouth to say, he's risen, come and see, the tomb is empty. Right. And I think there's no coincidences. I don't believe
1: in that. I simply believe that God in his providence brings us to the right nexus where circumstances align so it's no it's no surprise to us that yesterday, uh, November 6th, right? Because today's the 7th. So yesterday on November 6th, we actually remembered uh, the national day um, yeah. of prayer for the persecuted church. So chances are that this video um, may land in the iPhone or smartphone, uh, handheld device, whatever the case. Of someone who's watching in Saudi Arabia, someone who may be watching in Iran, someone who may be watching in Nepal, China, any place where being a Christian um, could very well cost you your life, as in you are executed, or it can very well cost you your life in the sense of doing, like in China, um, going to an imprisonment camp. Or going to into forced labor if you preach the gospel unabridged, that's that it's not sanctioned by the official church. And so one of the things that we want to, I would like for you to share with us is the example that you shared with the church yesterday during the sermon of someone who uses their talent and giftedness as a physician in Somaliland. Um to love people in the name of Christ simply by providing medical care. Tell us about that again.
0: Yeah, that's Dr. Martha, um, where, you know, she was a highly educated person. Um, probably, uh, in, in today's terms has a half million dollar, um, education loan, if not a million dollar education loan, probably a
1: million. Gone. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, who instead of, you know, completing a residency and opening up a clinic goes to um, a a an Islamic country that um, to be Christian was illegal, and does um, work with women and children, ministering to them, and in the course of this um, uh, immense training, is is sharing Christ with. Anyone that she encounters, right. as the Lord leads, um, ultimately she's killed on the mission field in 2002 when a gunman enters her hospital um, and shoots three of her co-workers um, and three die, including Dr. Martha. Mm-hmm. And um, the the reason why the gunman entered uh, the hospital and shot her specifically was that his wife had been uh, won to Christ by her. And he lived in fear that Dr. Martha was going to be so effective that the entire nation would be won to Christ by her alone. Hmm. Um, Those are his words. Um, So... Yes, there's the, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, which was yesterday. Um, if you are watching from, from such a region, we're still praying today. I want you to know that. Um, we, we are aware of stories like Martha's. Um, we may not be aware of yours. Uh, we right. may not know your name. Um, but I want you to know that you're carried in prayer. Amen. Um, I want you to know more than the words that I say, the Lord you serve is with you. Um, And he knows that it's not easy. Um, He and I don't have much of a lick of sense for um, the difficulty and trials you face, but our Lord does. And so know that uh, what you're doing uh, in response to his call on your life. There's a reward that awaits you, Um, but I know that doesn't matter to you. What matters most is the the relationship you have with Him. So you're kept in prayer um, by your brothers and sisters here, and you're not forgotten. And um, we we just encourage you to press on.
1: In in the words of the one of the first missionaries to the land of India, we will hold a rope of prayer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that spurred this particular question for me is the the awareness of you of a quote you made yesterday you tell us and those who are watching online yesterday um that sometimes the lord is glorified in by the death of one of his servants more than by the, their actual work on earth and i know that i can receive that because i've i've read the books and i've met nick ripken who is uh who used to be in charge of the 1040 window for the International Mission Board. Uh, I've sat under his lectures uh, with him and his wife and heard of the many stories of how God is moving amongst Muslims, how God is moving among Hindus and how missionaries similar to the other story of the, I've made the note, hold on, uh, the society in Europe the Moravians. the moravian there you go yes the moravian oh okay I, I had some something different the moravians uh where people just go and they they would take their final state planning with them they take caskets with them or they have enough money to be buried where they are going to do mission work i can receive that and not be shocked um how would you not try to smooth over, because that would carry the meaning of try to fix something or try to appease
0: emotions. But how would you further explain? I remember sitting in a lecture in seminary. Um, the, the professor had invited a guest uh, who was a friend of his. Um, the professor had taught in uh, an Indian Baptist seminary. Um, mm. at some point in his tenure and made relationships with, uh, Indian Baptist Christians there, um, who are still in country today. And, um, this, uh, this brother who's an Indian professor was visiting in Texas and, uh, visited our class one Saturday mm. and was sharing about, um, the work of the seminary and the advancement of the gospel in India. And this is five years ago now. Um, And he was also sharing about the challenges that face the Christian church in India, as at that time, um, Hindu fundamentalist extremists were coming into power um, and seeking, as I understand it, to have a more theocratic rule. In other words, have a religious rule government um, in India. And Um, the communications that were coming then was that anything that was not of the Hindu faith system would be outlawed within a certain number of years. And so the message sounded bleak and challenging, yet this brother had a joy on him and was not going to be moved and was not going to stop teaching at the seminary and was not going to stop preaching. And so I asked the very naive um, American uh, question of this brother. I said something or asked something to the effect of, when you come to the United States and you visit our churches and you visit our seminaries and you interact with other Christians, um, what's your observation about us here in comparison to the the Christian atmosphere, the Christian world in India. He said this, and it's like it, it, there. Sometimes you you hear these one liners that are just forever etched on your soul. Um, he says he says you Americans, your Jesus is too cheap. Oh, your Jesus is too cheap. Um, in other words, what I heard him say in that. Let me try to unpack that. Um, many times, even in the course of faithful gospel proclamation, um, many times it's we we in our American understanding um, hear things in a transactional way. Uh, in other words, transactions occur every day. Uh, if you go to Amazon.com or you go down to the Walmart uh, at the end of the highway here in Divine or you go to any other storefront, transactions occur when you purchase something in exchange for money. Or a transaction will occur if you and I were to, to trade Bibles right now on our desks. There would be an understanding and a transaction that occurred. And I think at times we hear the invitation to respond to the proclamation of the word of God as transactional. Um I will say yes to get my get out of hell free card. Right. Um and if that's what we hear or more chillingly if that's what is said um we have made Jesus cheap. We've made him cheap because the transaction once it's complete it's done is final. Yeah. Um that that's not That's not anything to do with the life that Jesus calls his disciples to. Um, So now I'm bringing us back. I know this is not the scope of um, Mark chapter 16, but I'm going to take us back to two or three weeks ago. um, All good. where, Where we're in that, in Matthew's accounting of Jesus's call, the radical call of discipleship, that it's not just saying yes to Jesus. But it is, in a sense, not in a sense, I'm smoothing it over with those words. It is a call for us to pick up our crosses, an instrument of execution, an, ex- an instrument of sacrifice. And pain and suffering. In pain and suffering. And follow him. To follow him. Yeah. Friends, if you're listening and that's your understanding, then Jesus is not cheap to you. But if you have understood your relationship with Jesus on, as something on the order of you bought the goods, you have the, the get out of hell free card, um, and that's it. You've not you've not understood what it means with respect to uh, expressions like Jesus is Lord. Um, you've not responded to the call of discipleship. That Jesus Himself makes. We're, to pick up our crosses and follow him. Um, it, it's not ever meant to be an easy road. It's not ever meant to come without personal sacrifice. Or let me put this in American terms. Um, it's more than just tightening our belts. Um, it's more than pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It is it is living a life that is at times going to put us on the fringes of society, um, and live a life that is quite opposite of what society or culture or the world, however you want to say this, would tell you is acceptable.
1: Right. Right, and and I think it's it's so important to remember to remember that. I would I would add to that. If Jesus is a form of genie for you, where you pray in Jesus' name, and it's not according to his will, but to your will, out of selfishness, where you're seeking what is called a prosperity gospel in in the United States, which, by the way, one of the worst exports out of our nation to the world, you can go to Africa to see some of the most heinous pain inflicted by the church today, thanks to that branch of Christianity. We ha- that's a very cheap Christ. If all that, that Jesus can give you is health and wealth and and happiness here on earth, but no eternal life, it's done for. Right. Um, the same thing to be said for. And I'm going to say something that may ruffle feathers, but please know I say this in love, and he's my pastor. He may correct me. Jesus does not love you as you are. And I say that to mean this we're sinners. We are enemies of grace in our sin. But thanks be to God and His Holy Spirit that empowers us by removing the scales of our sinfulness to see the beauty of the message contained within books like this the Holy Bible that He tells us how He comes to take our sins, how He comes to make us new, the the, the process of sanctification, a multi-dollar word, as you call it, where we are transformed from a sinful human being, moment by moment, under the the grace of the Holy Spirit, under the authority of Scripture, into the likeness of the Son. If that's the kind of Jesus we follow, we're in in good standing. It's going to be hard as ever, like pushing a boulder up a hill, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Because we actually get to see the resurrected Christ at work in us. And we see the resurrected Christ at work around us. Um, So please, if if you're hearing this, turn away from anyone who would tell you this is your best life now. Turn away from anyone or anything that would tell you um, that all, all you need to do is confess Jesus, say the sinner's prayer, and you're good to go. But seek a church where they would walk with you to teach you the Bible. To encourage you to follow Jesus faithfully, even when the going gets hard, because that's a church that one cares for you spiritually. It's a church that cares for you and your family, and it's it's going to be a church that is dedicated for the good, the bad, and the ugly of life to be there for you.
0: Right.
1: And so that, that I would only add that to what you just said. Sounds good to me. Well. Thank you. Here's my pastor. He can actually go like this, and it'll be okay. Um, I want us to go into this because you, are, you, you were closing out the sermon by calling us to do this. We must learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. What does a church look like that does not depend on the power of the Holy Spirit? Hmm.
0: Successful and full. Okay, please unpack that statement. Uh, a, a church that, that may be operating outside the power of the Spirit may be filled to the gills with people. Um, it may be checking every box that um, society um, establishes that would define success. Right. Um, might have really big receipts, really big budgets, um, and really bright lights and maybe even a fog machine. I don't know. Um, and what they what they may be guilty of is operating within the power and systems and schemes of the world. Um, corporations do very well. Apple has its worldwide developer conference that does just that. Very attractional. Um, I mean, and I'm not picking on Apple. Um, I'm just pointing out that if the church feels and looks a lot like something that we would see outside of the church, it's likely not operating in the spirit right um, operating in the power of the spirit may may still yield a church that has a number of people in the pew. It may still yield a very generous group um but there's a distinct there's a distinctive difference. In the the atmosphere, um, and the word we use is ethos, uh, but just what the climate, the sense, the pulse is there, we're not looking around to see does it, it, are there a bunch of people here. What we're interested in is hearing the word of God so that we might rightly respond to it as an act of obedience. That's when the spirit's leading. Um, When we're approaching, um, we were just talking about this earlier, so I'm borrowing from some some things that are very fresh on my mind. Go for it. But when we're approaching matters of church with language like um, an experience or um, making sure I get fed, um, we, we tend to be operating in again, a very worldly mindset that we're consumers of church related products. Right. Um, and so we view those products as the quality of the music, uh, whether the, the style of music aligns with my, my desire or if the preaching's good or something like that. And right. the preaching being good could be defined as if he's comical enough or too comical or whatever. Or, too fi- or five points to being yes. XYC. Um, and so we approach that like we would when we're walking up and down Walmart, at Walmart's aisles. Um, I'll take a little bit of the cheese dip, but none of the kale. Yes. I see what you're saying. Um, so when, when our approach to matters of church are the same approaches we have as humans operating within our society. Again, now I'm assuming that this is mainly an American audience right now. Um, the then we are we the the church comprised of those individuals is likely to be operating outside the spirit, um, outside the empowerment of the spirit, right? And so, as we learned to depend
1: on the power of the Holy Spirit, what might an individual who learns to walk by faith and not by sight, empowered by the living God himself. What might that individual look like? We go, We went from the big umbrella of a church to now an individual who walks faithfully with his or her God.
0: This is where I want to be careful because... While always consistent with the word, um, how how we describe these folks, I don't want to be too narrow in describing this. In other right. words, that, that faithful walk may not be exactly the same for Carlos as it is for Dan. Right.
1: Um, but there are distinctives that will be present regardless of how that walk may differ from person to person.
0: What, I mean, we will see... I, you, you will, you have complete permission to, to (laughs) jump in because you're, you've asked the question. So you may have thoughts in mind in response to this, but I'm thinking right now of the expression of the fruit of the spirit within an individual's Mm -hmm. life. Yes. Um, where there, this, this individual's life will be displaying the humility and meekness and loving and kindness and gentleness. Um, that comprise the the fruit of the spirit that you find in Galatians chapter five, um, you will see those brothers and sisters living that out, not perfectly, but you will see that. Um, and so, when when the spirit resides um, in, in, in in an individual, and this and an individual is walking in the spirit and the power of the spirit. Um, you will see a life that seeks to be obedient to the Word of God, because it is the Word of God that instructs us for our daily living. Um, so I, I guess I begin there. I don't know that I would necessarily finalize that, but I didn't have the, the questions uh, in, in advance to, to well, formulate answers. It's just
1: it's just a it's just a conversation. Sure. I just like to ask you because you're the one that is presenting on a regular basis the 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 sermons. Yeah. I would actually add to this to Galatians three, the fruit of the spirit, five. Oh, five. Forgive me. I'm I'm thinking out of terms. I would actually come back to add to that uh, Psalm one hundred and one uh, in the ESV, it's uh, titled, I will walk with integrity. I will sing of the steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? And then he, the, 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 uh, the psalmist continues, I will walk with the integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my, my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Is someone who seeks to persevere in focusing on God, his perfect works, his law, which we have in scripture, made perfect in Christ, and who constantly seeks to know God by deep, by deep, Diving deeper into the Bible, not some um, agnostic uh, or Gnostic knowledge, but rather someone who genuinely has a relationship with the master. And so I think that's something that's common to all believers, regardless of their walk. Uh, Those who walk by faith, not by sight. Those who trust in Christ as their sole source of comfort, strength and authority through scripture. And those that seek the church that's not going to feed them what they want when they want it but rather a church where they can serve one another to to find that there's strength in being with brothers and sisters across generations that can encourage them right and so i want to lead us into the closing the closing landing this plane okay with I think is uh, with what I think was one of the most touching moments, and I hate to tell you, it was not your message,
0: yeah, uh, no um
1: if you actually uh, file if you're not aware our mm-hmm. sermons are broadcasted live on both YouTube, you're probably following that because this is where this platform goes, uh, as well as into audio only for podcasts. however, You can also go to Facebook Live and go to First Baptist Church Divine, and you will find our broadcast from yesterday. Yesterday, we rejoiced in celebrating a baptism from a week ago. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, we had the joy, and you had the privilege of baptizing our brand new sister, Ariel Diverso. Yes. And one of the new practices we have um, come to adopt late, as of late, is to have a one minute, um, testimonial of how they came to Christ right? and what is meaningful to them about our church. Why don't you have, why don't you take the honor of explaining, uh, or giving us a summary of Ariel's testimony?
0: Sure. Um, I mean, Ariel in speaking answering the second question. Um, spoke to the the warmth and welcomingness of the church here in Divine towards she and her family, um, and she also spoke to the importance of her parents' faithfulness in um, practicing what's known as family worship uh, in their home. Um, specifically, she said that her parents read the Bible to her every day, uh, to her and her sister, and. That through that time, uh, in sharing the word of God with her, she has come to know and meet Jesus in a saving way, um, and so it was. It was beautiful, and you you saw um, the body of Christ at work in witnessing about and to Jesus in this in the, young, in the life of this young lady. Right, uh, the body of Christ, including her parents, um, and so. What's important for us to remember is that, again, it is not up to us to make somebody believe, right? but uh, it's God who does that work. But it's up to us to be faithful in living this before others, Mm. um, in in living this. And so um, when someone like Ariel shares um, the warmth and welcomingness of a congregation, What we may not recognize, but we must, in connecting to the theological, is that our welcomingness is an expression of our understanding of our Lord's willingness to receive whomsoever would. Um, And so for Ariel, through the witness of this church, we communicate in our action, in our love, the Savior who would welcome her. Um, And in the love and faithfulness of her parents, they have served a prominent role in her life that scripture attests to. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm. Um, And so by their reading the Bible (laughs) with their children, their daughter has come to faith. Not by any magic, Combination of things, but because scripture attests to the fact that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, um, it was absolutely beautiful hearing and just that such a brief moment of worship yesterday, but for me, we could have probably ended right there,
1: yeah, um uh, I will say one of the most beautiful things that I heard wasn't the choir, wasn't, wasn't anything, which is saying something, uh, you ask her, who's your Lord? And I mean, she did not hold back. And then uh, she wasn't even put under the waters and the the, the congregation clapped. Yeah, uh, And I think that says something to the power of the Holy spirit in moving a congregation, not for their own glory, but for the glory of God to see that prayerfully, Uh, intentionally and methodically that we can reach people where they are to see that God is good and that he can move in the lives of those that will open their eyes as the Holy spirit prompts them to open their eyes. Right. So any closing thoughts about uh, yesterday, anything that you would like to share as we conclude this episode?
0: I'm glad the Astros won, bro.
1: Well, as you can tell we went from football because apparently that's no longer a good thing to talk about. But no, now we're <laughs> No,
0: football is great. UTSA won on Saturday.
1: There you go. Um go Road Runners, what's the sign? There you go. Road uh, Runners. UT won
0: on Saturday.
1: We well, if we ha- if we talk about those two, then we need to talk about A M did not. Yeah.
0: Um m did not. Jimbo needs to go, I think. Um Baylor won. They beat Oklahoma. Become. So it's not it's not an anti-football thing, but it's the World Series, man. Isn't this like the eighth or ninth time for the Astros? Championship? Yes. Second. No, really? Yes. Fourth, was... fourth appearance. Oh, wow. In the last six years. Second um, win. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Well, that, that's, to me, still amazing. And then there's Mattress Mac, who... Wow. We won't go into that. No, we won't. <laughs> However, we want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that you are blessed uh, and that you find this to be um, a means for you to be encouraged and hopefully to also laugh as we talk about things that can also be very serious. Um, Give us some feedback, whether you like this uh, setup or not, if not, we'll go back to our 15 feet apart doors closed, and we'll look like he is in Houston and I am in Dallas, but we really were not. Um, and please know that it is an honor to serve you and to just talk to you. Yep. Uh, if you are watching this again from a nation other than the u s, thank you for tuning in. If you are watching from a nation where you have to do this under the cover of darkness and you're just looking at it for moments at a time, we want you to know, again, as Pastor Dan said, we're praying for you. We love you and your reward in heaven. We will probably be bowing down to you after we bow down to Christ because Mm -hmm. your work to reach the lost, uh, it's nothing compared
0: to us here. So, Pastor, then why don't you close us out in prayer? Sure, let's do that. God, you are gracious and good beyond our sense of uh, understanding and imagination. And Father, you've brought us uh, through this time, uh, Lord, and through your word. And, uh, Lord, we, we thank you that uh, you've given to us a, a purpose in our lives um, to be about your business, to come into that empty tomb and see for ourselves that Jesus is risen. And when we see that when we see Him, when we meet Him, You've given us the the responsibility and the privilege to make Him known to the ends of the earth. Thank You that You've given us lives that are that that have purpose, um, and that we have a place uh, in in Your kingdom. Mm. And Father, we pray especially for those who are serving uh, our master, our king, in the most challenging of front lines. Lord, may they walk always in your spirit uh, and trust in the truth that Jesus is king and that he will soon make all things right and set all things new. Until that day, may each of us be faithful in whatever lay before us. As we pray in Christ's name, amen.